guys. Welcome to our first podcast. I'm and Riley I'm Taylor. And we're going to talk to you guys about branding your own legacy and making a difference as a college student or young adult in modern and traditional agriculture, while also talking about our own experiences as young female agriculturalists. There's so many different aspects of agriculture. There's so many different bars and so many different little plugs that as a young person, it's really hard to figure out which part of agriculture you want to be a part of. Um, And that's really what we're here for. So our vision for this podcast is just to expose younger and older generations of agriculturalists to different forms and aspects of agriculture. Um, We want this to be a place where students in agriculture can relate to popular and unpopular opinions. Um, Really, Taylor and I just have really recognized as college students that it's so hard to find your niche in agriculture. Like, you can love so many different aspects, but it's really hard to find your place for it and how to be passionate about it. (laughs) Seriously. But, like, how to be passionate about it in college without, like, stepping on anybody's toes, but also, like, still being able to stand up for what you believe in and... Um, That's really what our vision is for. There's not a lot of young agriculturalists doing anything like that. So that's how we kind of wanted to get started. And we were literally just talking about this last night. And here we are making it happen today. Yeah. And if there are people doing it um, that are our age and right now, they're not doing it on the platforms that we're deciding to start it on. So um, that's kind of what we wanted to start and do. Definitely. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about how we came up, um, and like why we decided on branding your own legacy as the name of our podcast. And so like Riley said last night, um, as we're recording this last night, we, um, we were kind of just venting to each other and talking about (laughs) how we have such a passion and, but there's, it's so difficult because of the disconnect there is between traditional generation of agriculture and the younger generation of agriculture. And um, we realized that there's nothing on these kind of platforms that we like to listen to or watch like YouTube or podcasts that are college age or just young adults in general agriculturalists that kind of are relatable that talk about these things like address the kind of things that um we go through and we have to deal with and might need advice on and um that's kind of why we think it's so important I mean we'll get more into it later but you know we weren't born into big names we didn't have different kinds of advantages that you might think Um, We just had this determination and passion to be something and an idea of enjoying agriculture. And we had some really great role models in life, models in life. And, but we didn't have really any that were, you know, closer to our age. And we know not, there aren't a lot of young adults that have either of those types of role models. And um, so we want to be able to be that for others because we were so fortunate to have our own um right and I really want to emphasize that we do not know everything and (laughs) and I mean we do not but (laughs) yeah and we understand that we don't know everything and I mean you can tell us because we know but um (laughs) 
we still wanted to do this to share, you know, and to have an outlet for people can give us advice or, you know, we can have guest speakers to have talk to talk about topics that people want to be talked about um, or answer questions people want to be answered. We just want to do what we can do um, to be our best for the agriculture industry and for all ages of our fellow agriculturalists. And um, so um, we kind of came up with this because we, in high school, when we became friends, we kind of had our own brand of being double trouble uh, when we showed sheep. And, you know, as all these young, um, young adults are going through the ag industry and are growing through high school or college or trade school or just careers, um, it's hard to make your own brand and to distinguish that. And like how Riley said, there's so many different outlets and it's hard to find which one you fit into. And we just want to help people find that and make their own brand, brand their own legacy. Um, And, you know, we were, we have, we're kind of raised with a traditional outlook and, but we're living in this modern world of ag. And so we kind right. of want to help people figure out how to incorporate the traditional practices in a modern world in a way that works best for them. Cause that's what we're trying to do for ourselves. And, um, right. So yeah, that's kind of the, the reason behind branding your own legacy and kind of how we, we came up with it and our meaning of it. And it can mean whatever you want it to mean for yourself, but that's, that's what we hope to do for yeah. you guys. And I think, okay, um, I was just going to say that I think the cool part about um, Taylor and I's brand, too, is this is something, like, we started originally in high school. Um, No podcast, no (laughs) YouTube, no nothing, but it was just kind of, like, we were, like, labeling ourselves, like, watch out, because, like, we'll get you in the nicest way possible. Um, (laughs) But really, like, what people don't understand, especially with social media today, is branding is such a common thing. But branding is one of the biggest aspects of agriculture um, and identification for cattle, sheep, um, rabbits, horses, anything you want to call. Like, really, you can brand anything. Um, and creating your own personal brand is really, um, really difficult in certain times, especially when you're a young adult, because you are trying to figure out where you're going, you're trying to figure out what you're supposed to be and who you want to be. And that this is the time like this is prime time of branding yourself for what you are. So we really took our brand like our DT. um, And we really wanted that to be our brand. But really, that's, that's a visual for everybody to see like, we created this brand for ourselves. But at the same time, like, you can do it, too. It's really not that hard. And whether you actually create a cattle brand for your brand or not, (laughs) that's not the point of this. The point of that is, you know, people are going to recognize you off of how you represent yourself. And that's what we kind of want to be your moral support Mm -hmm. for. Um, And that's why we kind of are starting on so many different platforms. So we're starting this podcast, which is our branding, um, branding your own legacy um, podcast that's what our podcast title is and then we're also starting a YouTube channel which is it's just going to go by our nicknames which is T and Rye and that's going to be more of like a lifestyle channel so with our pro- podcast we plan on 
talking about, you know, the more industry related topics um, and, and our lifestyles as well and including our per- own personal experiences. But T and I really want this podcast to be a way to mend the younger and older generations so that older generations also get the opportunity to hear where mm-hmm. we're coming An from. An informational style. Um, definitely. Whereas with our YouTube channel, we really want that to be more of a, a lifestyle channel where, you know, there's makeup routines for everybody for every day. But is there a makeup routine for somebody who has to feed 50 head of cattle in the morning? No, probably not. And you're not going to see that. And just those little connections that you can make with people, um, even if it's a day in the life of an agriculture education major or an agriculture business major, even if it's something as simple as that little connection, it makes you feel less alone in this world. And like Taylor and I can both agree, we, you know, when we move into places, we're watching videos like packing mm-hmm. up my room, moving into my first apartment and there's videos like that all over YouTube, but there's nothing for the kids in the agricultural world. And that's really something that we want to implement because those little changes in the morning, like adding time for feeding livestock or adding time to check your crops in, adding, you know, instead of you're not moving into the medical building, you're moving into the vet building. Like there's so many different um just little aspects that create these little connections that we want to be able to give our viewers or our listeners. And And I know um, it'll be nice to not have to tweak those kind of videos that already exist. Um, You'll just be able to have that available. And that's something we wish, you know, we always wanted in high school and beginning college. Um, Right. You know, there's not a there's not a week in the life of what it's like to go to the NFR and how you dress up for the which NFR I hope and, we'll be able to um, do this year. But <laughs> yeah, we really hope for it. But that that's kind of what we're getting at is that's like the example we want to set is so that there is an option out there. Um, and the other thing too, we want to create all these different platforms because um, there's so many different learning styles and there's so many different aspects that people like. Of your life, there's people who wake up in the morning and listen to a podcast every morning. There's people who wake up every morning and turn on YouTube videos. There's people who wake up and lay in bed on Instagram. And so we've created a bunch of different platforms so that you guys have that aspect in every single, well, not every single platform, but majority of the platforms, the most common platforms, um, because everybody's life is different and everybody has their own kit, like their kickback their what makes them relax. And really that's what we want this to be is when you're relaxing and you want to look up something or listen, we hope you want to listen to us, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's really our goal. Yeah. And another reason why we want to kind of personalize it to what the people who, if they do end up listening to us, what they want to hear, what they want to know about, um, who they might want to see if we have guest speakers um, or guests on this podcast, you know, and those topics Um, because it's about us and it's about the listeners that are in the agriculture industry. So exactly. And kind of going along with that, you know, we are college students. We are very involved in the industry. And um, so basically our kind of schedule isn't figured out yet, an uploading schedule. So we're not sure what that will look like, but eventually we will figure one out. Um, 
Yeah, eventually we want to get to a point where we can say, okay, we're going to upload every Thursday or every other Thursday. We want to get to that point. But right now it's really just not logical because Taylor and I have such busy lives. Mm -hmm. And this is really something that right now we want to be fun for us and just kind of be an outlet for our own personal um, wants and needs of the agricultural industry. And so um, right now we can't give you a set time, but just know that more is coming. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So today we just really wanted to start with like, an introduction in agriculture and how, how you get started, like what, you know, that, like, that is the biggest thing is how does agriculture rope you in? No pun intended. Um, (laughs) That was a good one. (laughs) Thanks. Um, But, you know, when I'm thinking about it, the most common introduction to agriculture is the grocery store. And, you know, a lot of people think, okay, my food comes from the grocery store, but, you know, it comes from a farmer first. So the farmer puts it in the grocery store. What a lot of people don't think about is, like, the chain that that food or that, that apple or that, that banana, like, what does that one piece of fruit go through to get to my dinner plate? So, like, you know, it starts off as a seed, and then it has to be a seedling, and then it grows, and it gets into a big tree, and then there's the flowering process, and then it gets pollinated and then there's picking and then there's packing, processing, shipping, and then it finally gets to the store, hopefully. And there's so many different aspects of agriculture that are are left out. You know, Taylor made a really good reference when we were talking about this earlier. As a kindergartner, as a young elementary school student, you're taught you're taught about the farmer and you're taught about how the plant grows. But then you're just taught that it goes to the grocery store. And really, that's not the case. There's so many other hands and so many other aspects that go into it. And obviously, that can't be taught to an elementary school student. But it can be. And and that's really the thing is we're taking out so many bits and pieces of agriculture that we're almost making it seem like it's not hard or like it's not a complex. It's not that big of a deal. And really... If you were to take any one of those people out of that that process or that chain, your food would not be what it is on your dinner plate. And it's really and... not emphasized either, um, like you were saying, the importance of those middle steps or even that not all of the fruit or vegetables or cattle or whatever grown, not all of right. that makes it to the store. There's loss and there's economic loss there's you know personal loss um right there's a lot of impacts that happen through that process that no but like not many people know about or I guess even care to know about um because they just don't right they just aren't aware right and so I think that's really what we wanted to start with this first episode is we kind of wanted to give you our background like our introduction to ag because um, T and I have very different stories and we have very different introductions but at the end of the day we came out with a pretty similar outcome um, and a similar appreciation and so T if you want to get started like why don't you share how you got involved in agriculture because it's very different than most traditional people do. Yes. So I did not come from a family of agriculturalists. 
I, the most exposure that I had was with my grandpa who managed a water district in a smaller town. And, um, my, the biggest exposure was visiting farms with him going along canals and, um, you know, seeing the animals, seeing the crops. And of course, as a little kid, you're like, Ooh, cows and horses. You're not really like, Oh, corn, but, (laughs) but, um, you know, I, I was able to see the, the water and how that made an impact in the shortage of water, especially as being in California, the shortage of water. Um, but I wasn't really, I was aware, but I was not educated on the ways of agriculture. And I think that's a, that's another big thing today is people are aware, but not educated. Um, and that's a huge statement, like to say for our industry as a whole is people, people think that because they understand the concept of agriculture, that they are educated in everything about it. And that's why we want to make it clear. We don't know everything about mm-hmm. agriculture and it's changing every day and every year. But when you are aware, but you're not educated, it's really easy to make an assumption that might not be true. And it, it really changes the industry as a whole. Exactly. And so my, my first kind of exposure other than that was when I started FFA in high school. So I didn't have any of that growing up um, exposure in 4-H or anything. I started in FFA and I was a horse girl. um not not extremely but I did enjoy horses and I thought I wanted to work with them so my first (laughs) my first FFA experience was an equine science class my freshman year of high school and that's kind of how I got exposed I made friends that um showed and I got to know the teachers and the program and so my sophomore year was when I started showing sheep and got a breeding um sheep project and kind of started my my sheep experience and that sophomore year I guess it started my freshman year my whole road of of learning and becoming really involved in the agriculture industry but um, I had no idea before that really I had no true idea and that sophomore year of high school when I started showing is also where I met Riley on the sheep team (laughs) because you know, I used to do my nail polish really well. and Oh, yeah. See, Taylor and I became friends because she didn't have the guts to talk to me. So because I you're intimidating, okay? I'm not. I'm really not that scary. You definitely have I'm, RBF, but... It's okay. RBF is a chronic disorder that many Americans and people <laughs> okay. suffer. Okay. <laughs> In the arms of the angels. but um yeah I like Taylor's nail polish it was really cute and that's because or that's how we became friends so she complimented me on my nail polish yep and we started (laughs) talking but yeah that's where we met and um so as I began learning more in high school and becoming more involved um you know I went from nothing and I was really shy too And so I think that was another thing of not knowing anything. You know, you don't really want to, it's hard to be outgoing when you don't know anything because you don't want to be wrong. All the, it's intimidating all these other people knowing more than you. And I think it really allowed me to come out of my shell. Um, I became a chapter officer, which I never thought I would do. Um, (laughs) 
and then just working with other people in the industry like Riley and I did with sheep and um, I found my passion there and I was always interested in the science aspect of animal science Um, and then but I really enjoyed the hands-on experience as well and like Riley mentioned earlier I didn't know the different options that were available in agriculture I didn't know where I fit in I just knew what I enjoyed so of course I went with vet science like everybody else in this (laughs) world but um I guess I should say almost everybody else but so when I graduated high school I started college at Fresno State um that's our hometown um Fresno California so I started at CSU Fresno and I made friends in all these different areas species I had never tried before um (laughs) activities Riley's scared of chickens and I made yes I am (laughs) and Taylor made friends with the poultry kids and like that's fine you do you but like it's just not my thing (laughs) yes um but I made friends with people who were interested in the same things as me too and one of my best friends started working at the dairy um at the university and so I started working there too and I did not have a lick of dairy experience like at all like I was telling Riley earlier I think my senior year of high school people started showing dairy heifers but it was right. just like a an offhand kind of thing. It, right. Our our ag program was pretty big, but dairy was not something like if you weren't already involved in the dairy aspect, like if your family didn't already have cows, it wasn't really something that was really implemented until Taylor and I were almost out of high school. Yeah. And we didn't participate in that um, since right. we were so involved with the sheep aspect. But um even with that being at the school, we, we, I had no experience in dairy, but, um, I really found a love for it through working at the Fresno State Dairy, and I currently do still work there, technically, but, um, (laughs) because of that, I found an interest in what I like that has the science and the hands-on aspect of being, like, genetics and reproduction and nutrition, um, of livestock, and, um, I especially found that through the dairy and I started off as a milker and now I work as a calf feeder and I love the experience that I've gotten. Um, so much experience with administering medication, diagnosing illness, um, aiding in partuition, pulling calves, pulling sheep. Um, yeah. And so that's the other thing that Taylor and I kind of wanted to talk about is we're going to use a lot of terms that, are really common for us, but we'll try to explain them when we catch them. So Taylor's talking about pulling calves, pulling sheep, um, in the birthing process, sometimes, um, the, the ewe or the heifer or cow need some assistance. And so when we pull a calf, that's, that's saying us, like we are manually going in there and helping that calf or that heifer out because, um, otherwise, it can cause a lot of damage to the calf. It can cause a lot of damage to the heifer and you know, you got to do what's best and the safest for your crop or your, your, um, your herd. So, um, that, that's what we mean when we say pulling, um, we'll try to catch ourselves on little, little, um, agricultural slang, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. um, when we can, but that, that's, that's one thing that we'll talk about too. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that's 
I'm really grateful for those experiences I've had at the dairy. And um, last summer in 2019, I actually, you know, went way out of my comfort zone, thanks to my best friend. And I did an agriculture study abroad to South Africa, um, in Cape Town, South Africa. And over there, we went to a settlement and helped improve their agriculture practices. So we helped expand the garden, um, kind of introduce new techniques to them to garden, um, to grow. And um, we were also able to help with the education for children. Um, with the an- They really didn't know much about the animals they had and the, the vegetables they were growing because the, the garden they did have was growing vegetables for this school that had kids from six months to like nine years old. Um, it was teaching these kids of such a large age range and they didn't even know that right next door they were growing the vegetables so they could eat. Um, and so we were able to help with the education for that and then also kind of help their animal practices um, raising. And then I have goat manure in all caps because, um, <laughs> you know, I'm sure Riley can agree. We learn a lot about sustainable agriculture. And- yeah, it's a huge, especially in California, you know, there's so much improvement and industrialization that goes on in California that um, sustainable agriculture is like, okay, what can we do to um, continue this process without, you know, with using the least about least amount of um, products and tools. And so it, it's really, it's really implemented, but I mean, Taylor's going to explain this firsthand is sustainable agriculture at its finest. Yeah, and so, you know, we learn a lot about it in school, in high school and college, and I guess anywhere people talk about it, but I was really able to see this firsthand in Africa. They they have no choice but to be sustainable, basically, and they they have these goats that they, they raise, and so in order to expand this garden, basically the goat manure is the only source of fertilization that they have. I mean, they had other animals but they were not penned in. (laughs) So the only like easily accessible um, manure was the goats. And so we filled up these big trash bins, um, like the rolling kind that you put in front of your house and um, (laughs) filled them to the very top. So they were extremely heavy and rolled them. I guess it probably doesn't seem like that far, but like a quarter mile through gravel to get to, the garden pulling these trash cans with filled with goat manure they were so heavy and it was like the most torturous thing but it was so worth it because it was helping them out so much I can't imagine there was one person that watched over the garden I can't imagine him doing it by himself as much as we did you know and it was one of the biggest eye-openers I had of it made me really realize how I want to help people and um, eventually teach and so grateful for the opportunities of agriculture that we have here Um, because everyone over there is so resourceful and everyone is so nice. They're so kind. And coming back home, I told Riley, it was kind of depressing (laughs) because everyone's so nice over there, even though the people we worked with didn't have as you know, as much as others. And Taylor and I were talking about this, like 
you know, there's a part, there's a place in time, like, where you could be doing the worst amount of work, but it's the people around you that make that experience all the, all the better. And, you know, we did a lot of things throughout high school that weren't the greatest, but because we had each other and our other friends, like, it, that, that experience was worth it. But this is on such a more extreme level, you know, they have nothing, they have, they have the bare minimum, and they are nice. And then we come to, you know, where we're from. And it's like, we have everything under our sleeve. And some people are just too caught up in their own business that they're, they're not always the nicest. And having nice people around you really makes or breaks your your experience for sure. Preach. Um, so yeah, there's that was just one of the biggest experiences. And that's something I would have originally never done. And I would recommend it to anyone because it, it was just, just learning new practices that we can even do back home to be more sustainable. Um, and then helping people was really huge. And then, um, coming back home, I was able to take, take place, um, in, you know, different conferences. And I did a winter internship for Seaboard Foods and I still, you know, throughout those different conferences and experiences, I was still looking to see where I kind of fit in um, in agriculture. I was meeting so many well, great people and connections and still looking. But Right. Well, and and something about Taylor is like when we first became friends, I'm definitely like Taylor's an extrovert, but like she is more of an introvert than I am. Mm-hmm. And so getting to see Taylor before going on this trip was one of the coolest things because, you know, I could tell she was nervous, but like (laughs) terrified, she just just wanted to, she just wanted to do something new. And, you know, she took that leap of faith. And like, when she came back, like, you could just see how much it changed her and it changed her aspect and her passion in agriculture. And that's, that's one thing that I really admire about Taylor is no matter how like uncomfortable a situation is she's always willing to like make take that step and like take that aspect of life and like you know maybe it doesn't it's it's not comfortable but nothing gets done if you're comfortable Mm -hmm. and Taylor's really good about that even though like she can be super uncomfortable (laughs) in certain situations but but she never lets that get get away from her and you know, when, when she came back and she was sharing all these experiences with me about, oh, you know, going to Africa and what it was like. And you could just genuinely see, like, this passion that she, like, started to grow for this different aspect of agriculture that she found. And I don't know, I just think it's so cool that she's taken these experiences and, like, implemented what she learned there with all these other internships that she's doing. It's so cool and super, like, super, I don't know, role model-ish, however you want to. <sighs> say admirable um that she like does these things and she's just so willing to try new things no matter how nervous it makes her thank you (laughs) yeah and I think Africa was one of the things that it was a push start um for me to try a lot of new things because like I said I never would have done it and it changed my life and then my winter internship that I did with Seaboard Foods is a pig company and I never was really involved with pigs before. And so you would think there's no reason, but I decided, you know, I'm just doing new things. I'll try it. And I met some of the greatest people and I, I found things that I actually liked about it. And I think that's something, um, you know, I recommend to anybody and people should start doing more of is don't, 
don't get so comfortable in the species that you're in or, you know, what you've done your whole life. It's okay to kind of branch out. And so kind of based going along the lines of that, um, I'm actually currently in Florida for an internship. Um, So across the entire country from where I live, it's actually my first time (laughs) not living at home. Um, So another new experience, but yeah, my internship is based on forage quality and calf performance. So um, corn silage harvest is coming up in the next couple weeks. And so I'll be doing a lot of kernel processing scores, um, inoculant inventory, and then going to these dairy customers that um, buy milk replacer and kind of figuring out a, their protocol and kind of be coming up with a checklist that will improve their calf performance. Um, and that's something I'm really interested in right now, both of those things. And I want to get my master's. I'm thinking possibly livestock nutrition, but either way, I don't know, I guess for sure yet, but either way I want to get my master's and I would love a PhD, but we'll decide that <laughs> when the time comes because <laughs> that's a lot of school. But eventually I would love to teach at the college level. Um, not necessarily right out of school, but eventually I would like to. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and Taylor, I mean, something that I think is kind of crazy is like there's – Taylor's gotten so many different aspects of agriculture that she's gotten to kind of take all those experiences. Like she's gotten the pig aspect, the feed aspect, the – nutrition, reproduction, sheep, um, all these different aspects that she now kind of, like, when she does teach, because I know she'll make it happen, like, those are all experiences she's going to get to share. And when you share experiences, that is what sets you apart. Like, that changes your game because that is where you get to say, I did this because I wasn't afraid, or maybe I was, but I still did it. And you know, maybe it was the worst time of my life, but I, you always learn, you always learn something yeah. from it. And I mean, that, that I think that's super cool because Taylor's going to be a great college professor uh-huh. because she's going to get to share those experiences because she, she just, she goes for it. Like that's, that's the only thing she does. Well, thank you. And trust me, I'd love to be a guest in your classroom. So Why don't you go ahead and tell us about your story (laughs) and your dreams and aspirations now? Oh, great. Yeah, so um, my story is a little bit different than Taylor's. Um, I actually came from a family of agriculturalists. So um, my mom and dad both grew up in 4-H and FFA. My grandparents grew up in 4-H and FFA. Um, A lot of my family was involved in the stock show life. Um, so show animals was a huge, um, really like the main focus of a lot of my family. Um, and then uh, some of, in, in parts of my family, there's a few farmers, a few growers, but really the main immediate family for me is with show animals. And so we've been around cows and sheep my whole life. Um, I showed pigs in 4-H Um, but one of my like youngest memories of agriculture and really where my appreciation began was my papa and I would either sit out on the lawn and watch the cows or when we were driving, we would, anytime there was cows, he would slow down so that we could both look at them. And 
you know, that's one of the biggest memories that I have. And I really think that's where my appreciation started because not only did I get to see, you know, these cows that I loved, but I got to be with my papa who I loved just as much, if not more. (laughs) And, you know, he, he, like my papa changed my life, but you know, something that I think is really cool is my papa's kind of like Taylor. Like he didn't come from a place of agriculture. He was a city boy and then met my grandma and met my dad and my aunt and my dad, my dad and aunt showed um, dairy heifers and that's how he got involved with the cows. And that's where he found his love for cows. And so that like, that is where I fell in love with agriculture. Um, And growing up, my my dad team roped so I was around people who rodeoed I personally never rodeoed I would ride horses Taylor likes to call me a horse girl too but (laughs) it's okay you you can admit it it's fine but um I did ride horses but I just wasn't active enough in the rodeo the rodeo world I did a lot of things as a kid so I didn't have a lot of time um but my parents are also separated so my horse was at my dad's house and I wasn't always at my dad's house. So rodeo really wasn't something that I could dedicate myself to. Um, and I really don't know if I ever wanted to. I really enjoyed being active in 4-H and FFA. Um, but aside from that, when I was growing up, um, I was always taught to think about the process that your food goes through. So kind of that chain that we were talking about, you know, it goes from the farmer to the, the packer, the... Um, you know, all the different hands that it touches. And so I always looked at food as um, a process and how many people did it take for it to get to me. And I think a lot of that was because, you know, my dad, we would we would raise a steer or a heifer or whatever for me. And then, but we knew that that's what its purpose was. So we knew that we were raising it. We were going to take care of it for a while, grow it out. And then we were going to butcher it and it was going to be dinner for the next however many months. And so um, that like, that's how I was raised to think was like, there's these different processes of agriculture, but you would not have food without every single hand that comes across that piece of food. And so I started 4-H as an eight year old. Um, I showed pigs in 4-H and then I started FFA when I got into high school and I began showing sheep. And as T said that that's where we met and that's where our friendship kicked off. Um, and in FFA, I was really involved in like the showing and breeding of, um, market lambs and, um, in 4-H and FFA, I was really, um, passionate in my leadership roles. So I was an officer for however many years in 4-H, I couldn't even tell you really, um, <laughs> and that that's like not even an exaggeration. I did so many officer positions, but I, it was because I loved it. And with FFA, the same thing, you know, I, once I started, I, I tried. So I was a green hand officer and then I became a chapter officer. And that was, that was just something I really enjoyed. And that's because I enjoy talking and I enjoy advocating for something I'm passionate about. And so, um, as a 4-H kid, I had no idea that I could do exactly what I love doing at the meetings which was talking to these beginning 4-Hers about, you know, agriculture and 4-H and how our club got started and how 4-H got started and why agriculture is important. And I had no idea that I could do that as a career until I met my ag teacher when I went into high school. And when I saw that, I was like, 
okay, I think this is for me. Kind of put it on a back burner, was still considering maybe some other job opportunities. Um, I really didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I always knew that I wanted to be involved in agriculture. Um, And one of those things that like really sparked that was, you know, my dad is, um, my dad's a cattle transporter. And so he picks up cattle from all over ranches, dairies, mostly dairies, but sometimes ranches. And um, a lot of times they're taken to the slaughterhouse, but sometimes they're taken elsewhere. And, you know, that's, that's just agriculture. And something I admire about my dad is that it's such a tedious job, but somebody has to do it. And that's with everything in agriculture. Everybody has to do these, something's tedious about every job that we have to do. And just the fact that they have a passion to do it is really inspirational to me. And so um, when I got the opportunity, um, the summer in between my senior, like I had just finished my senior year of high school and it was right before I was going to move for college. I got the opportunity to teach an agriculture education program to some kids um, some high school students in the west side of Fresno, which if you know anything about <laughs> Fresno, the west side of Fresno is an absolute awful, unsafe place. And something I never thought about growing up, which I was very fortunate to be able to grow up in, you know, I, we still grew up in Fresno, but we grew up in, Taylor and I grew up in the safe mm-hmm. side of Fresno. We didn't have to worry about walking down the street at the wrong time and um, things like that. And so when I got to do this program, I'm meeting all these kids who have such a passion and such a drive to do, just do anything good because they were surrounded by such bad influences, but they couldn't yeah. control it. And they still had this, they still had this drive, you know, that they wanted to do all this stuff, but they didn't have anybody to support them. And so um, getting to teach that program really, um, really changed my life because I got to meet some kids who went through to really, to be honest, who went through hell and back and they are still here and they, you know, we got to help them build a resume. We got to help them fill out applications and the difference between um, ag business and regular business and, you know, the oil fields and how that um, changes an aspect of agriculture and just so many different aspects. And we got to teach how to dress professionally and the difference between business professional and business casual. There are so many different aspects that we got to teach. But at the end of the day, these kids just wanted an experience that they'd never have the opportunity to have. And so I actually got to be pretty close with some of these kids. And um, I was really fortunate that I, my family allowed me to like bring them into our lives. And, you know, I got to show them our campus farm. I got to show them what it was like to go through a um, typical 4-H meeting and, You know, the animals at the fair aren't just kids who have animals. They're kids who work really hard to make that a point. And that's like, that's their time to shine. And so it was, it was definitely a life-changing experience for, for me to do that program. And that is truly where I decided, like, I am meant to advocate for agriculture, but I'm also meant to reach people that have no idea, like, what they're going through, but... Um, that was a big reason why I decided to move away from home for I college. Think, um, just um, a little in to insert something real quick. I think it's really important to emphasize go. that they do come from one of the worst parts of where we're from. And 
some of the right. best people come out of these parts of our town. They exactly. just need that chance or someone to guide them. And um, Riley really was able to be that person for them. And kind of like how she was saying when I went to Africa um, and I came back, you could see the difference. And you could see the difference in Riley, too, after this experience. You could see, you know, I feel like you always knew you wanted to be an agriculture educator, but you you really knew after this program, like, that was what you were meant to do. Oh, for sure. And definitely, so I I moved away from home. I go to the University of Arizona in Tucson. Um, I am a agriculture education major. Ha ha, go figure. It's actually yeah. this big, long title that is completely ridiculous that Taylor likes to make fun of me for, but... Um, so my major is really declared as agricultural technology management and education with a teaching emphasis in agriculture education. Like how many times Um, can you say (laughs) education in one sentence? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But, um, at the end of the day, I just want to be a high school teacher. Um, and I kind of started moving into different aspects when I moved to Arizona, Um, That was a huge change. Agriculture in Arizona is completely different from agriculture in California. (laughs) And, um, you know, when I first came to college, I joined a bunch of clubs. I joined um, MANNERS, which stands for Minorities in Agricultural and Natural Resources. Um, I joined Collegiate 4-H, Young Farmers and Ranchers. Um, I also, at one point, joined... um, I joined the Agricultural Sorority Sigma Alpha, but um, in college, there's so many things that you have to balance and learn, and I realized that certain things weren't for me, and so um, I decided to not be a part of the sorority anymore, which was a complete personal choice, Um, but I realized what worked for me, and what worked for me was manners and young farmers and ranchers, and one of my favorite things about young farmers and ranchers was we get to do all these different events. We get to meet all these different people. Um, But at the end of the day, we're having fun doing it. And so we got to do a trap and skeet shoot, which was a fundraiser. But at the end of the day, we just got to talk to so many different agriculturalists in in the Arizona area. And that, like, that is what I enjoy about being a part of these clubs. And so about six months ago, I started working in the animal science department. And so I get to help run events. I get to plan for events. And then if there's any professors in our department um, that need something, I help them with that. I also make sure that everything's up to par in our building and make sure that our farm has what it needs and um, just little things like that. So that's, that's like kind of my day-to-day job. Um, So one of the biggest things that Arizona sparked an interest for me in was the difference between um, the American and Mexican requirements for, um, cattle and things like that. And it's amazing how many cattle run across the border both ways daily. Um, and that was something I never had to think about before in central California. And so now that I think about that, it's like those cattle go through so many different, um, requirements and variations of requirements it's a completely different turn in agriculture and it's really quite intriguing. Like when you start to learn about it. And so that's something that 
when I started to learn about it, I started to notice the people around it. And I started to notice, um, you know, you notice the different types of people that are working with the cattle and, um, you know, down by the border, it's not always the safest area for certain people and different, different cultures have different, um, you know, different farms, different communities. And that's something that I really like, I'm intrigued by because it's those kids, like, like Taylor was saying earlier, it's those kids that have like a really bad reality that are going to change the world because they are going to be able to share experiences that they've been through. And, you know, I like something I really want to implement as an ag teacher is I want to be an ag teacher in a really bad neighborhood. And I, and I don't mean that in like, I want to be unsafe, but I mean that in an area where kids use agriculture as their escape from their reality, because their reality might be that they go home and their mom has eight kids to feed with one box of mac and cheese. Or their reality might be that they have to work up, wake up at 3 a.m., work on the family farm, and then go to school and then go home to, again, work on the family farm. And there's just so many different realities for d- different people. I mean, we all have our own reality. But something that I want to implement as an ag teacher is that you can have your passion and your escape become your reality. And so I want to give these kids an opportunity that when, when agriculture becomes your escape, it is so easy to turn agriculture into a reality. And that is just always something that I've admired is it does not matter where you come from. It does not matter who you are. Um, Agriculture has this way of, really changing people's opinions and outlooks. And at the end of the day, we are all connected by agriculture. We are all affected by agriculture. And so being able to be a part of that, I think is something so cool, but being able to watch somebody change the world, I think is even cooler. And that, I mean, that's really where my passion for agriculture comes from. So, And and um, that's something you know, that's really noticeable about Riley. Um, I've said it before and I'll say it again. She, even I know more about it because I've known her for a long time, but just meeting her for the first time, you can tell that passion without even talking about agriculture. You can see that passion in her to teach and to help people and just in general, the agriculture industry. And it's something that, you know, you're not taught. You're just you're born with a passion like that and there's just it's something I really admire about her I I hope one day that I can kind of convey that passion as much as she does but there's nothing that would phase her determination and what she wants to do and it really shows that you know that's what you're meant to do you're meant to teach these kids um in the way that you you will because you're so passionate and so able to convey that. And, you know, that's another thing about both of us. You know, we both touched on our grandpas and how that was kind of our fundamentals um, growing up. And, you know, we were raised by the traditional generation and we're living in the modern generation. And, you know, so we have both of those aspects 
um, that we're trying to connect ourselves. And that's kind of what we want to do is help connect them for other people um, or just figure it out all together, honestly. And I guess we never really mentioned like what grade we're in, like how far in school we are. (laughs) But so um, I just finished my junior year or my third year at Fresno State. So I'll be a senior next year. Yeah, and I um, I just finished my second year, um, so I just finished my sophomore year in college. I'm starting my junior year, um, and college is one of those things that you meet so many different people. And Taylor and I, Taylor and I, fortunately, come from a very diverse <laughs> yes. town. Um, there's so many different types of people, and there's so many um, different passions and different things that you can do in our hometown. And, you know, something that I, I've really, college has really changed my outlook on where people come from, because you really have no idea. But at the end of the day, everybody has an introduction to agriculture story, whether they believe they do or not. And that is, you know, really where our passion came for this, this podcast and the YouTube channel and everything is Taylor and I want to be able to share our different experiences and, you know, at the end of the day, we have, we're fighting for the same, the same industry, the same passion, just in different ways. Um, And being able to talk to people and get to know people and how they're fighting for the same passion, but in a different ways, it's really a really cool turning point in this industry. And we're getting to the point where, you know, technology is a huge um, make or break for agriculture. And, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of negative showcased in the world in general. But in around agriculture, it seems that there's there's always something negative. And, you know, we want to be able to be that positive. And being young people, I think it really gives us the opportunity to share both sides, because like Taylor said, we were raised by the traditional generation, but we're we're learning by the modern generation, and it just really gives us kind of a really cool perspective. I think like we can see it from so many different angles, um, and that's that's really what I'm excited for with this podcast. No matter what we no matter what we do um, with it, I think it's going to be really cool to see the different opinions and different unpopular opinions that we get from whoever we talk to and wherever we go with this. I agree. So thanks for listening guys. Um, We hope you guys join us for our next episode of our podcast. Um, We don't have any YouTube videos up yet, but our, they're a work in progress. Progress. We'll get them. Um, You can find our YouTube at. Oh yeah. So you can follow our YouTube. Um, hopefully you'll hit subscribe. It's just T and Rye, nothing fancy. Um, and we hope that you follow us on our journey of advocating for agriculture in the perspective of a young college student. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So follow us on Instagram at branding your own legacy. Um, That will be where we announce like where we're going to when and where we're going to have our podcast posted and stuff like that. So 
We hope you guys tune in next time. Thank Thank you so much. (laughs) Bye, Bye, guys.